ladies and gentle whores, welcome back to online podcast. And I know you will be back this week because the conversation that we had with Kathy was so exciting and interesting that you want to come back and learn more about Kathy. And I feel like I'm actually learning more about Kathy um, because of this more than. Um, her interaction that that we had before from from uh, Penang Hokkien, and just to recap you slightly, if you listen to this show before you listen to last week's show, um, Kathy is a trans woman, and she uh, I get to know her uh, before her transition period um, as Michael on Penang Hokkien. And because I don't think we talked about this last week, but uh, what ex- why exactly? Uh, a Caucasian, uh, you know, from Austra- <laughs> well, New Zealand, now living in Australia, would have anything to do with Penang Hokkien. We never really talk about that. So maybe you can help us uh, uh, discuss that a little bit and kind of, you know, fill in the blanks from people who listened to the show last week. Welcome, Kathy. Hi again, everyone. Yeah. So tell, yeah, tell, how, how, how did you get involved with Penang Hokkien? Um, that that was um. Uh, my, the first time I got involved with it was uh, I had a roommate at university who, sp- um, his friend sp- was from Penang mm-hmm. and could speak Penang Hokkien, um, so I learned all of the standard bad words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was interesting back back in I think I told said on the podcast yeah, there used to be a fast food restaurant in New Zealand called Georgie Pie. <laughs> And it sounds a bit like, <laughs> well, you know Hachibai. what it sounds a bit like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, there, so there, the there's a lot of cross- <laughs> <laughs> There are some crossovers too. There are some Penahokan listeners who listen to the show, which I oh. was actually, I was actually surprised. I didn't didn't really think uh, people from Malaysia would actually listen to online. Actually, there's quite a few of our uh, listeners from from Malaysia who listen to this show. In fact, the last time I went back, I was on. I forgot what it's called now. It's kind of like the one of those grinder or whatever that that you know the game meeting applications, and I was on there and you know I I want to see I was I want my local gaze and so I was talking to people and they actually I found out that actually quite a few people do listen oh, to online they okay. they can actually see oh are you the, that because oh, I that my, in my profile <laughs> I say uh, um, what is it micro internet. Um, uh, celebrity, not celebrity. What did I say? Per- uh, I um, personality. I said uh-huh. <laughs> internet personality. I said that. So the, yeah. So some of them kind of recognize me. So you listen to. Oh yeah. Go ahead. With continue with mm. your story. Tell you bye. Oh, then afterwards, um, I'd kind of got a, a bit interested in Hokkien then, but then I went. Uh, I was learning Mandarin at university. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I got a scholarship to go to Taiwan at the end of my second year in university, and uh-huh. I. Uh, where I lived was a place where all the people my age and older would speak Taiwanese to each other, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of, I'd, I'd say, like something about like 60% similar to Penang Hokkien. Like, mm-hmm. you can understand. Yeah, like, I can understand. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Not everything, but um, mm-hmm. like most, most, you can kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, uh, so I got interested in Taiwanese then and started learning the basics of, of Taiwanese because there are textbooks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next time, uh, so that was 1996, then I went back in um, 19, no, 1997 that was, then I went back in 2003 and I realized I tried just to speak in Taiwanese to people and I realized that young people don't really, some of them can't answer in it or they can't mm-hmm. speak it at all. 
And I thought, you know, I, I want to speak Hokkien or, or Taiwanese to people my age who are going to answer in Hokkien and, and I can have a, I can actually learn it and not just talk to Agong Ama, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but um, grandma and grandpa. Yeah. But, um, and uh, so I looked around for a Hokkien podcast. I thought there must be some Hokkien. And then, of course, I found the Penang Hokkien podcasts. And that was when I was in Amoy, in Xiamen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I first found it, and that was another place where people, young people don't seem to speak Hokkien. Mm-hmm. So um, I was really happy to find it. And then I started downloading it and listening to it on an MP3 player. Yeah. Um, and then, then I joined a Hokkien forum, which Along sometimes comes to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, whenever I had questions about vocabulary and things, I'd just ask them on there. And there are mm-hmm. lots of Penangites, actually, um, who I made very good friends with for, on, that, on that forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would answer for me. So I'd gradually sort of pick up. I made a list of Penang, special Penang words, and that's become a dictionary, actually. That's Penang cool. words and expressions. Now, mm. how, how, how did you actually, I mean, what, what, was your, what was your field of study before that made you interested in, in learning Mandarin and, and oh, Taiwanese okay. and Hokkien? Um, well, that was my field of, field of study, was Chinese, Sinology or Chinese studies. Um, oh. And... Uh, I actually did Dutch as my second, Dutch studies as my second oh, major. Wow. So you are a linguist. <laughs> well, ah, no, no, I'm a historian. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to be interested yeah. in it too, partially. I'm interested in, yeah. in those things. Yeah, that's right. Ling- actually, they say linguists can't actually, often can't speak the languages they study. They just sort of study how, uh, how things how fit things together. How things work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, uh, but you're interested in languages too. I am interested in languages. And, and what really attracted me to Penang Hokkien, and it was through your, your podcast, was that it was very lively and people were speaking it and they were very happy to speak it. Yeah. And it, it didn't have this... Um, yeah, and, and uh, the even better thing is when I went to Penang finally mm-hmm. and I speak to people, they'd just answer back, first of all. <laughs> they wouldn't go, oh, wow, you can speak Hokkien in English or anything uh-huh. like that. They'd, it would take a little while before they worked out that I could say more than just one or two things, uh-huh. and then they'd start speaking. <laughs> That's speaking awesome. That's really good. Yeah. And I think part of the reason uh, why is Penang, we're very used to Australian because you know there's uh, uh, Air Force Base in Penang, and uh-huh. uh, and they they used to be just Australians who would go out to the market and actually speak a few words of Hokkien. Mm. Especially yeah, yeah, yeah. the women's, you know, the wives who would go out to the market and buy things. Oh, and that's, that's probably yeah. why it's not as shocking. As, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yes, in Taiwan, people who speak Mandarin were, were shocking when I first went there in 1997. Uh-huh. And then somebody, if she tries to speak Taiwanese or, or Hakka or something, that's even weirder. And that yeah. some people just can't, can't even handle it. They'll answer in Mandarin without even thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, li- I like Penang a lot more. That's um, good. You gotta, you gotta, we gotta coordinate and uh, see if we can visit at the same time. Oh yes, I would no, love I will to definitely be doing. And and you know, as you're finding out more, like I said, you know, your willingness to share the story of of your um, being a trans woman and your process is is I think it's valuable for for me and for my listeners. Uh, you never know. Once it's recorded, it it will be helpful. At many different levels, I think you know, either a trans uh, person growing up, uh, having the mm-hmm. s- same struggles or something, 
or or it could just be anybody listening to the process because I think what's most uh, a lot of people are fearful because of lack of knowledge and lack mm-hmm. of exposure. They don't know anything about, and therefore it becomes um, scary or or you know yes, weird. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. uh, just a bit of history for you is I I have an aunt who is a trans woman. Ah, yes, I remember family. you talked about it on the. Uh yeah. Yeah. So, so I I grew mm-hmm. up. I grew up mm-hmm. with with her being in the family. Uh, there mm-hmm. were struggles, but I've never heard anything negative from my mm-hmm. from my parents uh, or yeah. from mm-hmm. and many of my relatives. You know, there was no joking mm-hmm. around because she's ma- she was married uh, and mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, and mm-hmm. she did finally get a divorce. But I I don't think it has anything to do to do with her being a trans woman. Is but she. You know, she's always there. She's very big, mm-hmm. but she's always very glamorous. You know, she's all, <laughs> all dressed up nicely, and she was a beautician for a long time. So mm-hmm. I grew up with it. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. that big a deal for me. However, I think it will, even for gay people, it is not mm-hmm. a common thing. And, yeah. uh, and so I think sharing your stories is valuable. Um, though the scale may be small, Valuable, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> it's some. Um, I mean, uh, another dif- different thing between me and many trans people who uh-huh. I come come across is that there a lot of people were much more conscious of 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 the fact that they were they were trans from a very early age. Um, whereas I couldn't, you and couldn't for a while point. that's why that's another reason why I wondered about it. Am I really trans, or am I trans enough? Even I used to think to myself, yeah. yes, over. Last last year it was, mm-hmm. uh, and November January because um, when you hear the same story uh, again and again about people who knew these things as teenagers and were conscious of it, um, then it makes you feel kind of out of the as if as if there's something wrong with you again that you're not actually that either uh-huh. um but but then uh, later on i i came across other people who were like me as well some people who'd who'd been married and lived till 40 their 40s and mm-hmm. so on and hadn't or people who'd um uh yeah who hadn't necessarily been really conscious of the fact as teenagers yeah uh they knew there was something not working properly, but they weren't conscious of that being a trans thing. Yeah, um, I think maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe I did even know, and I I bottled it away because where I lived was not a good place for mm-hmm. for gay teenagers, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't a good place for did, did definitely you, not a good place for trans teenagers. Did you think um, if uh, and and this t- this week we're going to talk a little bit more about um, sexual orientation and gender mm-hmm. identity. Did you think if you just hindsight, you know, just right now think back? Did you think if you were able to uh, co- be comfortably, maybe let's say, uh, identify or known as uh, a, a gay or bisexual uh, mm-hmm. teenager, would that have uh-huh. helped your discovery sooner? No, I don't. I don't. Hmm. No, I kind of knew about that already, but I, you couldn't be out about that. Uh, you meaning self, dis- like just just to yourself? Yeah. Um, probably not. I, there was something. There was still something wrong with my attraction to men that didn't oh, okay. make it gay yeah. or bi. That's, sure. that's what I mean. Well, it's bi, but it's kind of how do you say it? It's, it's bi, bi but on it's the physical, bi from the a physical f- side. from a female. Yeah, 
yeah, buy from a female perspective rather than yeah than from a male true, one. True, true. And that's what I couldn't couldn't quite grasp. Yeah, that why why I wasn't attracted. I I knew that there was like when people would say bad things about gay people. Mm-hmm. When I was a teenager, I knew I didn't like it because I knew they were attacking a part of me. Mm-hmm. But and that's how I felt. But I couldn't come and say I'm gay um, because I didn't feel gay either. You see? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's um, yeah. Uh, it was very dangerous, you know. Like there was a boy who came out when I was in the last year of school, and he was a year below me. Yeah. And the the rug the rugby team caught him and beat him up. Oh my he came God. out to his friend and his friend told everyone. And the principal of the school wouldn't even do anything about it. So wow. um, it was not a nice environment at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, now, so you had uh, to keep, 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 keep a low profile. Yeah. Mm. So right now, um, where are you right now in your process? Right, you know, well, which, where are you? I've been on hormones for four months, and I'm getting my body's changing in a very nice way. Um, Do I'm tell, getting, if you don't mind. I'm getting breasts. <laughs> okay. Um, and my hair doesn't grow back as quickly as it used to. I'm still getting my beard and moustache removed, uh-huh. um, which is it's painful. And oh, uh, really? Yeah. That, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they, it's called electrolysis, but I think they should rename it burning hot needle. Um, <laughs> It's here. Here is the worst bit. Upper, here I'm upper, kind of used to already. Um, upper, upper lip, lip here. Yeah. yeah, that's horrible. You have to put oh. um, uh, numbing cream on it. Otherwise, Ooh. it'll... Um, but uh, it's worth it because lethal. it makes yeah, you oh, feel... Oh, it's worth it, yeah. Well, I've had it done home. here for a long time. Sorry? Uh, it makes you feel at ease. It makes you feel like you're in. Because, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you know, the thought of you know hair growing out and all that, you were talking about to us about that last week about how your you know your your hair grows back from shaving your leg and mm-hmm. that, that makes you feel yeah. down again. Yes. Um, it's when it grows mm-hmm. back really thick and quick that um, it's horrible. It's frustrating. Yeah, now it's under, and, frustrating. Yeah. Now it's under control. So it's uh, That's good. And <laughs> yeah. um, tell tell us a little bit in detail about uh, what is your hormone therapy is like, you know, pills by it's just an estrogen pill a day yeah. mm-hmm. 50, 50 micrograms of, of um, is it micrograms of microgynin and it seems to work very well for me uh, I'm getting the same results some people have various different pills they have testosterone blockers oh. and estrogen and and I think the what's that one called estrogen and progesterone my, my pill has estrogen and progesterone in it um, and it's ma- it's switched my levels around, so I don't have a high testosterone level anymore. My estrogen levels higher, mm-hmm. and my testosterone levels. It maybe I'll need testosterone blockers because my testosterone hasn't been pr- properly conquered as of mm-hmm. last month. Okay. Um, oh, the coolest thing about it is where yes. I go to see the doctor. The receptionist is from Penang. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So, so you uh, get to does, does she speak uh, uh, Hokkien? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We both speak. We always speak Hokkien to each that other. Is, so, that is kind of yeah. cool. And the other people looking. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Are they talking about us? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. A little yeah. uh, fun thing to mm-hmm. uh, to experience also while you're there. Now, yes. When obviously you have, you must have had to go through some process before 
the doctors would even let you start on that. On the well, I'll, here it's quite different as as uh-huh. well. There aren't like what they call the gatekeepers in in um, in uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. They you have to have a letter from the doctor before they'll let you start on uh-huh. on hormone therapy. A letter from a psychologist. Well, uh-huh. I went to a counselor uh-huh. um, for a few times, and I. But it's quite well known here among the trans community which where you go uh-huh. if you need to need to do these things. Right. And I went and I just turned up as Kathy, um, like it, turned up, say dressed, dressed, uh-huh. presenting Kathy, um, and told my my story, just what I've told you basically, mm-hmm. and um, and then that I got the prescription for it. And I was always prepared for the fact that maybe. I wouldn't like that what happened to me, and then I'd just stop. But things are just getting better and better, so it, it just proves to me that what I thought I thought was right. So I'm more and more comfortable with my body the the more feminine it becomes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So so there's uh, unlike in America, there there isn't like you know a period of time and think gates that you have to go through hurdles and so forth to to get you there. But they no. professionals, but you do have mm-hmm. to. Mm. Have some sort of, I mean, even for yourself, you want to kind of know whether or not you're heading that's in the right, right direction. Yeah, that's right. So, and um, I think I think what it was f- for me was as well that it it had I knew I was heading in the right direction because it had got to a point where I started to worry about more hair loss or or hair and hair growing back, uh-huh. body hair growing back quickly, uh-huh. and so on. Um, so I knew that it was time to time to start then because. Um, and I couldn't wait until September. I see. I see. Um, so and that, so I felt very comfortable with the decision. So it's been I four months, uh, and you, you obviously, are. I mean, the way you, you're telling me, obviously, are feeling. The the more you do this, the closer mm. you are to to normalcy, <laughs> to to being yes, yeah, happy. exactly. And mm-hmm. um, what is your next step? I mean, what is your next big milestone? Well, my next big milestone will be, um, uh, or probably will be getting a passport with an F instead of an M in it. Uh-huh. But that's very hard unless you have surgery I in see. New Zealand. You can't get that passport, which uh-huh. means I can't travel for a few years. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll look completely different from what's in my. Uh, I see. I see. New Zealand passport, but I have a British passport as well, and you can actually change it to uh-huh. to F. Without having surgery, mm-hmm. but my my na- main next thing will be will be going for surgery, and that'll be maybe ne- uh, depending on what my job, if how 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 I find work, mm-hmm. and um, I'll probably do that end of next year or beginning of the year after, sometime like that. Um, and then you will and, be on. Um you know, is there any other things in between from now until then that you have to be preparing for? Um, well, I've basically done it. What what I, I you just keep doing what you're to doing to switch switch over in everyday life. It's just a process of keeping on doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to sort of look a bit androgynous every every week for the day before I go to my get my beard done mm-hmm. and uh, and a a few days afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a day afterwards. Sorry. Like today, for instance, I went shopping, but I've got red all over here from from the electrolysis all over my mustache. Mm-hmm. So I went um, I went in androgynous mode mode today because I think I need to give my 
my uh, upper lip a rest from shaving and makeup <laughs> <laughs> just for the day. <laughs> but uh, uh, what I did yeah. on, on – so I changed my name on Friday. Uh -huh. But on Wednesday of this week, I actually went full I, – I, what they call full-time, which meant my public persona and going into my ordinary place of work. Mm -hmm. uh, I've switched over. Before, it would be that I'd spend the weekend as Kathy and then change back into man mode for the week. But what I've done now is slipped it over, so switched it over, so I'll be Kathy, presenting as Kathy most of the time, and then I'll I'll just go in a sort of slightly androgynous, more androgynous mode. Um, but that's going to get harder as the time goes on because my breasts are going to get bigger and my my <laughs> face will start changing even more. So <laughs> that, um, now, how how does that change your face? I mean, how um, does... I've got four photos I can send you. Mm -hmm. I, it's it's hard to describe, but it does look very different from what it used to. Oh. Um, my I'm probably not not too good at the moment. Um, a bit. Kathy showing um, but, <laughs> showing me her, her facial <laughs> structure. So that that does change your facial structure. Yes, maybe the does. distribution yeah, the of fat. your fat. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say the fat redistribution. redistribution. So I noticed that I have a waist now as well because the fat oh. has been redistributed. Um, and uh, my bottom's getting bigger and my hips, not my the hip bones, but mm -hmm. the um, the fat fatty part. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, it's changing and um. Yeah. And the breasts are sort of slowly they're, – they're, they're fa the fat around there is increasing, but there's also breast tissue growing underneath the nipples now, mm -hmm. so, which is um, really good. How's it, how's it make you feel? How does it make you feel? Oh, it's great. <laughs> I love looking in, in the mirror and watching it get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> watching them get bigger. Are you documenting it, feels... it for yourself? Are you... um, I haven't measured anything, um, but I can... We can definitely see the difference. Yeah, you can definitely see the difference. Um, I, I should go and measure, actually, because my friend told me that if you're ever feeling a bit down that things aren't changing, you just go and measure yourself and compare it with what it was before. Yeah. Might be, might be slow, but, but, you know... Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually I, I'm really impressed because I am I am 36 already, mm -hmm. and um, that's not things aren't hormones aren't supposed to work so well uh -huh. once you're past like your mid 20s. So I think I'm I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm lucky with lots of things. Um, lucky with that I didn't go bald. Um, lucky with the environment that I live in, mm -hmm. and lucky that my body reacts reacts well to hormones. Um, and lucky with my family. So. That's good. And let's talk about your family a little bit. Uh, I think last week we didn't talk about it, but we did talk briefly that that you know you, uh, the last day with your with your mom, she actually mm. called you Kathy. And mm. can you can you talk a little bit about the beginning, the preparation for yourself to go mm -hmm. reveal the news to uh, your family, and then how. The, how the process was, how was it, mm -hmm. how did they react, and so forth. Well, what what happened first of all was that my um, uh, I I it was after I just sort of I started cross dressing and going out in public, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was going to go to China to see my girlfriend mm -hmm. uh, out of the time, yeah. and I'd actually planned to go there and get married, and I realized once we what we re both realized once we got there that this this um actually was going to repeat the same the the thing that had happened before because I was married before as well. Oh, I did not know. Uh, I I'm married in I was married for three years. Mm. Um, uh, in my from 
oh gosh, how old was I? From, yeah, in my 30s it was, mm. 30, 31 to 33, perhaps 30 to 33. Um, so um, my mother and I were talking on Skype and she realized, she looked at me and said that I looked really healthy and, and happy and, and I didn't want to tell her that I'd been going out as a, as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. And she sort of laughed about it at first, but then, and then I didn't talk to her for another while. And then when I told her that it had caused trouble with my relationship in China, then she was really, really upset. And she said she'd been upset about it for a while. And mm-hmm. that, was, that, that wasn't very nice, a nice experience. But when I was being told these sort of bad things <laughs> um, about myself and so on, I, I kind of thought to myself, oh, you know, she's going to get over this. It's not going to last forever. So I was kind of, it maybe strong enough in myself to know that actually that this, uh, that all of this upset that I'd caused wasn't going to, it wasn't going to last. Mm-hmm. And then she realized that actually my friends here were all accepting of it and, and that, um, that people didn't actually, yeah, I think, I think that, that it didn't actually change me that I was always and after yeah after say after six weeks after that phone call I hadn't had much I hadn't heard from her very much mm. uh, but then um, I talked to her more and then um, she f- originally said she didn't want to know anything about it but it only took six weeks till she wanted to see a photo so <laughs> 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 and that was that photo in the Chong Sam I think I showed you that too yeah. no I've never seen yeah. that one no, I haven't seen that yeah, yeah. okay send you that. <laughs> um. So, um, that, that made you want to, uh, you know, that unsettled business, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. made you want to go see her in person? Yeah. Um, uh, not, no, I wasn't actually, I didn't want to go and see her in mm. person at that time. I wanted to keep away until, and, and I wasn't sure how things were going. I, I felt that perhaps that she would be ashamed of me mm. and that, she wouldn't want to go out or show tell her friends about me, but gradually, actually, she told her friends, um, and then then I told my brother. She said I should tell my brother, and he, I was afraid of telling him as well. Yeah, is but, he older uh, or younger? He's older, three years older than okay. me. Uh, but actually, he was he was fine with it as well. He thought, oh, I thought you said you're a murderer or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> like the way he said it. That's not. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but he was kind of dazed for a while as well. So, <laughs> but, but uh, a few days. yeah, let let you know. Let's talk a little bit about that. Also, is that that is very very much you know I, I can kind of sense that it's the the coming out process. It is the coming out process. You know, it's just coming mm. out. Um, uh, you know, as a different thing. You know, being gay mm. for me and uh, being a trans woman, uh, or being a woman. And so you. How was that? How was that like? Did that scare you? Did that, you know, put you in some any pressure that oh my gosh, that people are going to disown me? You know. Yeah, well, I I was worried about that, but I realized that there's nothing I could do about it, uh-huh. and that that I had the choice of of maybe occasional cross dressing and living as Michael, which I didn't. Yeah, as a lie. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't do it. It would. It would just just. I knew I couldn't escape from it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, I mean, weighing, so weighing the better, scale, so. <laughs> and you've got to do one that's better. And even though it that's comes right. with some mm-hmm. possible yeah. I mean, price I'd, that you have to pay. I'd, 
I'm always worried that it's even now I worry what troubles it's going to cause for employment and things like that. Uh-huh. But I just can't I can't go and, and yeah. put all the well now I'm past past the idea of even considering such a thing. I never really considered it. Same as once I started taking the hormone pills, there's never, even though I worry about the future, there's never been one day that I thought, no, I can't take these anymore. I'd get really upset if I forgot to take my pill mm-hmm, one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's just something, it's just me. Um, and uh, as for my mother, we actually, she kind of followed along my coming out process because when she first talked to me, I was only on the first or second layer of the onion. Yeah. So, so she actually followed all the way to the middle in the end, and uh, mm. until I could say to her, "You know, Mum, I really should have been born a girl," um, and uh, yeah, um, so that's. Uh, but yeah, I was shocked, in to some extent, because I, I well, I never felt bad things. I never felt bad things, or that things were weird about trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, I never. Or, uh, and I always felt quite comfortable with with gay men mm-hmm. and and lesbians and and trans. I I never had any bad ideas about it, so there wasn't any conflict there because yeah. I didn't think the people were kind of bad to be to begin with, or mm-hmm. had some. They weren't weird to begin yeah, with. That yeah. was just normal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's it. And uh, New Zealand is actually quite good because they they had. They have quite good trans role models as well. There's Georgina Bayer, who's a um, she was the uh, an MP, mm. a member of parliament, mm-hmm. and she used to be the mayor of a, a and and uh, she's she's a former sex worker and and uh, she's a tra- trans woman, mm-hmm. and so people know about those those things. So they don't have this idea of they don't ha- always have negative ideas about mm-hmm. trans people. There are good like. The good role models yeah, and, yeah. and things that people think, oh, you're just like her. Mm-hmm. Um, even a soap opera in England has a, a trans woman character in it, even though it's played by a cis woman. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even though the character's played by a cis woman. That actually led to a lot of acceptance in Britain about mm. trans, uh, trans issues. Yeah. Um, so when my mum told my auntie, she just said, oh, that's just like so-and-so of coronation. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, was, yeah, just How this is, immediate acceptance and of is is amazing, um, and I'm again I'm very lucky I think uh, to live in a country like that. Do you have a family do you feel um, you you know having that extra support of 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 your family members mm. acknowledging and um, reaffirming that it is all right and accepting yes. of that is is that helping? Yeah. Your your journey. I think I oh definitely. I mean, I would make it anyway because I, as yeah. I say, I can't I can't imagine doing anything else mm-hmm. now. But it's it's it it is helpful just to know that you can talk about these things mm-hmm. with with your family. Um, uh, it's I, I was prepared for the fact that I wouldn't really be able to, mm-hmm. um, uh, but actually, even my grandmother. <laughs> Uh, who's <laughs> like uh, she? she it, there just doesn't seem to be any any problem. <laughs> That's good. Because uh, mm, I think they can see how happy I am now. That's good. So when I went to New Zealand this last week, they see how happy I am, and that I don't I don't get grumpy like I used to, and I don't mm-hmm. get um, 
very negative about things like I used to. Mm-hmm. And, and that difference, I stand up straight and I, I, I'm, I care about my appearance and things that I never used to before. I, mm. uh, and they can see that. And I think that's why, why they're accepting of it, actually. Mm. Mm. Uh, going back a little bit, and, and you can talk as, as mm-hmm. much as you want to, but I'll ask the question. Um, the, have, you, have you ever pondered or thought about where your, um, whether or not there's any change between uh, people that you find attractive, you know, male or female? Which we have, have, has that changed or has it still be the same as previously? I think, um, well, what I didn't quite realize before is that the way men, uh, straight men look at women wasn't kind of the same way I was looking at women. <laughs> so um, they will tend to focus on their breasts and their, and their bums and so uh-huh. on. Um, whereas the thing I always remembered best about the women was their face and their clothes. Mm. Um, and, uh, or thought about. Um, so I... I'd say now it is the case that things are switching over more as well that that I do tend to I tend to notice men a bit more mm-hmm. than I used to. Um there were always men who I was attracted to. Mm-hmm. But um I just I just think I seem to notice notice people more. Does it have um, anything to do maybe perhaps with uh, that your own you know being comfortable with who you mm-hmm. are also open it up for you to embrace your um, you're uh, being attracted to men more. That's right. And it's also that, that the idea that they could actually be attracted to me as well, mm-hmm. which is before where I didn't really, I didn't really, I didn't really think about it like that. Yeah. Have you, have you ever had or thought or, or had relationship with a gay man before? Um, I, I've done things with a gay man, okay. but I've never had a relationship. Okay. With and was that, was that feel more right um, well or that was actually after I came after I'd sort of come out it was it was before I went to to China and I felt I, I really need to um, to sort these things out mm-hmm. and I think and uh, then I realized yeah it does feel more right certainly but uh-huh. then I still don't like being this man and doing this that doesn't feel right so mm-hmm. um, yeah it 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 was a, another push along the um uh how do you say another layer of the onion came yeah. off that day <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. so yeah that's very very interesting and mm-hmm. you do you still find women attractive um in in a, in a say, yeah. sexual way yeah like yeah i th- you know i that this is the maybe not um but maybe i wasn't finding them properly attractive, attractive anyway. in a sexual way to start off with, um, I can share my experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please do. <laughs> I have. I no, Yeah. I. I. I did not know. You know. Here's the thing, though. When you, well, uh, let's just say me, I was not exposed to any relation or no. I didn't really know what a man woman relationship was supposed to be like. I mean, I, I've seen my parents, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, in in the courting process, I didn't know I was supposed to be doing this, and so. Mm-hmm. But she's very into me. I I have dated one girl before, and mm-hmm. she was very into me. 
I was into her as in, hey, let's hang out, you know, and let's mm-hmm. go do this, let's go do that. It was not, it was never like, oh, you're so hot and so sexy. Mm-hmm. It was never like that. And so, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. I didn't know it was supposed to be anything else because I didn't know better. I, I didn't know what it's supposed to be like until, you know, I, I've i always felt that the, the bad thing was her roommate, uh, which is a Japanese girl and her boyfriend and now husband is very cute. So I always always get hot and bothered when I see him. <laughs> but the thing is, I did not, I didn't want to, I, did, I, I couldn't relate the two together, like, you know, being mm-hmm. attractive, sexually attractive or aroused by men didn't quite seem to be clear to me that, hey, you, you know, mm-hmm. what you're in is wrong. So I, I didn't really connect that. I, and we never had sex, uh, but it it just was. I could totally see myself if I'm, you know, want to or choose to be mm-hmm. in uh, living in a lie. I think I would. I would still kind of function. You know, it would still yes, kind of yeah. work. Uh, but it's just not nat- natural. It's just mm. not something that if you. <laughs> I I used to do this. This is kind of. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I remember hearing something about this a test or something if if somebody flash a naked woman picture and a naked man picture uh-huh. which one you look first <laughs> but, but that was my litmus test you know uh, and so so you 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 can't hide that sort of feeling um especially when it's more clear-cut now being bisexual is a little bit different and even being mm-hmm. bisexual some of my friends are telling me that there's you know periods where they are more attractive to men and there's period where they're mm-hmm. more attractive to women as well and so uh, my litmus t- test is i i knew that i've always been attracted to men however i didn't really put that two and two together that uh, you know being dating a woman i'm supposed to be feeling that sort of feeling mm, for that woman that it just trash. never was crossed yes unfortunately now i think perhaps i'm like <laughs> I actually maybe end up not really being attracted to either that that much. I don't have very strong feelings about these things, and perhaps I never have, and I didn't. Uh, so you you were never very sexual is, then. No, not not that much. Mm-hmm. No. Because you um, because I can imagine if I, if you're not comfortable with your own, you know, gender and being sexual is has a lot to do with with that. Mm-hmm. I can That's totally right. see. If you're not comfortable with yourself, how, how, how do you expect to be comfortably being sexual? Well, that's the thing. And I didn't make the connection either because I thought, oh, well, people, maybe people just have these relationships. Because yeah. I had uh, so you love several, somebody. Girl, several girlfriends where we didn't do things. Yeah, <laughs> and you love <laughs> somebody. Too. I mean, you can really honestly love somebody without that's being, right. mm. Um, mm. being, being uh, physically um, yes. involved. And do you then, you know... It, see more of yourself than getting more of that mojo back <laughs> um, getting I th- more I think of it, that actually what, what, what the hormones do is they kill your male sex drive uh-huh. um, so um, but I've actually found that more of a relief because it oh, means there's less conflict um, there's less sort of conflict like yeah. pressure pressure on you so I quite like I quite like that and I, then I realize yeah I don't really have much use for what's down there anyway, mm. and um, that's just going to stand in the way of me getting into a, to a um, a relationship with a man who's yeah who um, uh, would, would would be physically attracted to me yeah. as a woman. So yeah, um, 
do you mm. um i know we talked about this with rebecca and i before because she's very vulgar and yeah. so we, we just like went <laughs> straight to her vagina and then okay. <laughs> and so but I, i won't i won't go there but I, i'm just saying yeah. um, i'm just saying uh i'm curious about how you know maybe at some point down the road maybe Uh, closer to your surgery or maybe mm-hmm. post surgery, mm-hmm. maybe you can come back and talk to us if you if you mm, feel like no, at love that to. time. Yeah. I think it would be nice to see that journey. I think I, I've seen the the middle to the end part Into. of the journey mm-hmm. from with Rebecca, and it's very intriguing for me. And I think it will be very helpful for people to understand the process toward the the front end of it as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. then, because I sh- she talked about how being uh sexual again mm-hmm. as a woman and how different mm-hmm. that is and how because i mm-hmm. how her how her climax is different how her mm-hmm. um, her, her entire process is different as mm-hmm. a woman yes well I, i'm looking forward to that because <laughs> i've never had it just for me it just hasn't worked it's not it an en- just hasn't, enjoyment. It hasn't worked properly i did get used to it in the end but only only by Yeah, say age thirty-five, and then again, I still—you just—I just had to think about other things mm. when doing that because it—that's how I got used to it by thinking about you, something else. When you talk um, about, do, uh, is it when mm. when you have uh, have sex with women that you have yeah, to? Yes. What about yeah, when you had sex with men? It's uh, easier. Then, then I was kind of thinking about being being Co- a, um, like self-conscious <laughs> being a woman. About, yeah. yeah oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, okay. So you th- okay? Got it. I got it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, do you do you sometimes right now at this stage do you project or foresee yourself at a destination like you know here in your head? This is where I want to go. Yeah, physically yes. yeah. as well as yeah, I have an idea. Else. Yeah, hmm? can you tell us? What that idea I have an idea of what I well, I just want to, I just want to have my normal life where I live as a woman mm-hmm. and and can have relationships like a woman, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, look like a woman and and be treated as a woman and um, and so long as I can manage that, I think, yep, that's that's, I'll be very satisfied. That's good. <laughs> Do you, <laughs> do you uh, do you have a support group? Do you have in th- like you know group with uh, of other trans people that give you support, give you information? How do you now find this is, that? Mm-hmm. This is very interesting. Now there are two support groups in mm-hmm. in in Canberra. Very interesting. What happens to trans women who transition fully mm-hmm. is often that they they go stealth, yeah, which you yeah. can talk about. As, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether the listeners know that st- stealth is kind of a, 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 a trans word, meaning like they'll deny their former existence and and yeah. and or, or former life and and. What I heard uh, also in yeah. at least the, the the part that I, the conversations that I've had is with uh, female to male uh, trans. Mm-hmm. So trans men tend to go stealth mm-hmm. more because they tend to be able to get away with it. Uh, That's more. right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah, that that's so. So sometimes you you because of that you are maybe sometimes find it difficult to find people 
out there that, to be your support. That's right. And there are the people who didn't, and they'll, they'll argue passing about it. Passing is what as they well. say. Yeah, yeah passing, that's yeah, right. Passing. Yeah. Arg, arg, that people get upset about it, and some people say, oh, those people shouldn't, shouldn't go and go stealth because that's just going back into their closet. And I thought, uh-huh. you know, the, the reason why people feel the need to do it is because they, they have very bad gender dysphoria and they feel terrible about them, really terrible mm-hmm. about themselves. Now, I can cope with the idea of people knowing me as a trans woman. Um, and I can't deny my my previous thirty six years of existence. And I'll tell people if before they get involved with me, as well. Um, uh, but that's because I can handle it. And there are some people who can't. And and we shouldn't blame them for not right. being able to. Yeah. Um, and then there are people who uh, the people who do go stealth and. Sometimes they will actually bl- say say bad things about the people who don't, mm-hmm. and say that they give people a bad name. But I mean, if if the people can't, sometimes then then that's not their fault either. And yeah. if they, it's um yeah. So there's <laughs> a yeah, bit it's, of it's all personal choice. <laughs> but, but I can I can totally see why it is sometimes tough because uh, you you really it's almost like you have to relive your. Especially if you can be, you know, you're passing now. You can fit into this mm-hmm. so- fit into society without any any hurdles anymore. You know, putting yourself back into that support group is kind of putting yourself back into where, mm-hmm. where you, you used yeah. to be, and you keep reminding that you know you used to be a different gender. You used to be mm-hmm. this and that. Maybe yeah, maybe mean, but- in time, maybe you know when people get comfortable in being who they are, because they do no mm-hmm. matter what the transition when you when you get there. When you find the person that you always want or meant to be, mm-hmm. you still just got there. You know, you need a That's little right. time to be that person that you've mm-hmm. always meant to be. But you still you start from now. It needs a little time for you to be comfortable in your own skin before you mm, step back right. out again. So, I mean, my advice would be to people who do have mm-hmm. is, issues like this and they're conscious of it mm-hmm. uh, that it isn't going to go away. Um, and that that it's good to start try and start doing some things towards transitioning earlier on, so you don't end up people don't end up at thirty six or forty six when when the hormones don't work so well. I did not um, really know much about the hormone not being able to work after you you hit a certain age. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, it's also uh, it, the the breasts won't grow as grow as much, mm-hmm. and um, also by by the time you've been living, unless you've been looking after your um, after your skin, by the time you've been living as a man for for forty years, mm-hmm. you'll have lots of sort of leathery skin and and mm. your more, skin more looks beard. good. Just by the way, <laughs> yeah. What's that? Your skin looks good. Hmm? Your skin looks really nice. Good. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> it's you can't see the beard. There's a bit of beard. The Skype filter. The Skype filter works really well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I shouldn't have told anyone about the beard. <laughs> um. It's okay. I know a lot of women who have beard also. So you you still have you you know you're in the middle of the process. So you you're allowed. <laughs> another um but, another mm-hmm. interesting thing is is that that laser treatment, which mm-hmm. is cheaper than electrolysis, yeah, and quite quite effective. It works if you're. It only works if you have hairs on hairs that are darker than your skin color. Oh, so, 
if you have like what's happened to me is because I'm a bit older. I have white hairs growing through there, oh. and they are the ones that have to be dealt with really electrolysis. Interesting. Mm. I didn't know that there's a difference. So if you can get rid oh. of as, as much hair. Oh, and there's another thing as well is that you get hair. Men get hairier as they get older, oh. and if you can stop hair growing on your chest and stop hair growing. Um, uh, it's in certain places. It's yeah. that the hormones will stop that earlier, so it won't even start growing. Whereas mm-hmm. otherwise, you have to take things for it to stop growing, or get it waxed off, or get it lasered off, or so on. Okay. So, yeah. well, that's that's why I'd like to turn up to these group support groups for for younger people, yeah. just who are who are thinking about things. Because yeah. a, a lot of things is is people always ask. Um, they always say. You know, the reason why, because I, I've, I've also heard recently, I've been watching um, a documentary on, on Oprah Winfrey's network, you know, own. Uh, they, guess, yeah. they talk about transgender kids. Um, it, there's a story about that. And mm-hmm. your very loving parents just want, you know, I knew that that's the path that they're going. But, of course, there's always this uh, the opponent saying, how do you know? You know, you can't, you can't yeah. give them treatment because I know it's a lot easier before puberty if you start That's the right. treatment yeah. they just going to naturally grow up so much you know physically more fitting and and they will you know become the gender that they they meant to be not That's they were right. born yeah. a lot easier mm-hmm. That's right yeah it's very difficult um for <sighs> I'd, I'd say if, if children are persistently saying those things mm-hmm. and they just won't, uh, uh, yeah, it's very hard to make very, the decision for them, is. I suppose. Yeah. Mm. And it's, yeah, it is a the personal, personal mm. decision, really, at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the children can't, not, aren't even allowed to make their own personal decisions. Yeah, so. yeah. Yes, I hadn't really I hadn't thought about that. Um, the thing I've been thinking about recently was what, what it's like in Malaysia for people because mm-hmm. I've, I, I, and I met uh, ah. a trans woman in Kuala Lumpur once. What's her name? Sorry, anyway. What's her name? I, I, well, I, I couldn't communicate I, with her because she didn't oh. speak very good English and I tried to spe- say things in Malay but I was looking like a man and I said, was trying to say, Wa ma, wa ma lu. like oh. I'm the same as you <laughs> but she couldn't understand it mm. and I told her to wait there and I went away and, and came back but she wasn't I see. Wasn't I, there anyway. I, I, I don't know if you are aware of this a Facebook group called Gender was it Gender Asian or something I, ah. I, I, I'm part of it and Yuki now that I talk now that I mention uh, uh, further into the, the conversation I realized mm-hmm. actually you're the third trans person that I talked ah, to on my show. I <laughs> because Yuki Cho Yuki was the the second one that I actually spoke to and mm-hmm. she's she's even I, I don't know did we ever ask I, I don't know what, yeah yeah she has had her surgery yeah and um, she was and she talked about this on the show and that's why I, I, I feel comfortable revealing that was she after her surgery she was actually dumped by her husband or, or at the time. Uh, yeah and so she's in Malaysia and she seems to be very well adjusted and much mm-hmm. a lot of uh, you know the, the activism in her is is just mm-hmm. um, very nice to see and so oh, that's I don't know if you know her maybe I should you know pull you guys no. together and mm-hmm. get, get you in yes. touch with her uh, it, it, would mm-hmm. be, it would be nice to to have some sort of a net, network and uh, yeah, and she's she's been she's been 
pretty helpful. You know, she, every time I mm-hmm. asked her to to come talk about her her story, she's very willing to do mm-hmm. so, uh, which which I am very appreciative of. So yeah, maybe maybe I should get you uh, hooked up with Yuki. Yes, that would be great. I'm 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 very interested in this as well because it seems that. It's much more difficult in Malaysia. It's illegal to transition. Yeah. Even. you have people will go overseas and do it. Yeah, sometimes. It's very but, um, hard it for used her to, to be le- legal up until the 1980s, which is um, I didn't realize that they then they not, suddenly changed. I did not know and, either. It's probably the mm. the the council, the Muslim, whatever. Yes, it was. Yeah. They made a fatwa in, in yeah. I, I'm not sure which year, early 1980s, yeah. and that was what made it forbidden. And it's it's really. Had a really bad effect on, on Malaysian trans trans women society. Mm-hmm. That that apparently eighty, I think it's supposed to be eighty percent work of Malaysian trans women workers sex workers. Sex, yeah, yeah, because they're not accepted. They have to sort of I've, they end up in this. I have also interviewed a, a journalist that who did a story about um, the the transgender sex workers uh, as mm-hmm. well on online before. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know whether the show is still available. The the CD was available for sale for a little while. I'm not sure if it's still there. Um, if if I think I might be able to find you some information on mm-hmm. online as well. If you oh, that yes, thanks very much. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the thing is, uh, things used to be like that in New Zealand and Australia. But as soon as you release people from the the societal prejudice and political prejudice, then they can go and do do ordinary jobs and yeah. and do do all sorts of things that. Um, uh, so I was really sad. I didn't really understand before. I hadn't really looked into it. Oh, I found it's it. Something. It's called Pecah Lobang. Pecah Lobang. Sorry? Pecah Lobang. Pecah, mm-hmm. as in break, you know, breaking. Pecah. And then ah, Lobang, making Lobang whole. Kang. Hua Kang. Hua Kang is Hua Kang. It's, mm. it's like letting people know. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. the, the, you see, I, I always find the the trans community, even I don't have a lot of personal close friends who, who are trans, I always find it intriguing and also somewhat close to me. I know maybe part of it um, is because I grew up with an aunt who, who's mm-hmm. a trans woman. It's always very close to me. You know, I always feel like it is so, especially the gay community, we don't tend to be very... Um, sensitive and also compassionate for for people who we call the LGBT as part of the community mm-hmm. all the time in every phrase that we say LGBT, LGBT. But how much of the the T are we really listening to and, and Or even know? the B <laughs> The B, yes. Well I, yeah. yeah. But the, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also get get kicked away but I think that the trans community has a, a bigger of a struggle because mm-hmm. they have a physical outside mm elements to 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 be dealing with mm-hmm. uh, but yeah the the i definitely believe in in people who are bi and i have friends who are bi and comfortably mm-hmm. being bi uh but yeah being bi is a quiet thing you know and, and i know mm-hmm. the gay community always say being just bi now gay later you know that's yeah. i i'm <laughs> i i am very respect mm-hmm. uh, respectful Mm-hmm. I, I respect people who are who are bi mm. because I know people who are bi that I I trust and believe and understand yes, that. It's yeah. And uh, you know because I was gay, I was gay because I am gay. 
<laughs> I'm I'm straight now. Can you tell, uh, girl? I'm straight now. Go straight to. Anyway, uh, I I was I really feel like I don't have anything. I don't have. I'm not qualified to judge. The mm, moment indeed. I realized that, you know, I was judged the whole the whole time. You know, growing up being gay and as. Mm. I just once I realized that I, I feel like I don't have any qualification to judge anyone. I don't know. I don't think anybody mm. does. So I would just listen to stories, and that's that's why personal stories mm-hmm. is so important for me personally for my podcast is because I think it it really exposes a personal mm-hmm. human story, not big in the grand scheme of things, but mm-hmm. it's big for you because it's it is mm, you, yeah, it's your yeah, entire certainly. life, <laughs> and so it is it is nice for people who are outside of the comfort zone or their level to be exposed to uh, stories like yours. And mm-hmm. quick, very quickly before we wrap up, also I do know. That um, there's like a few things that I still want to uh, ask you. One is what what has been the biggest challenge for you in this um, journey? Hmm. The biggest challenge here mm-hmm. um, was getting people getting to a stage where hmm, where people stopped looking. <laughs> Oh, they like well, staring would, at you, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, I, I was always used to it because I'd been to China before. <laughs> so, um, but, same, um, same sort of stare, right? But yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Getting to a point, uh, I think the challenge is. I haven't passed the biggest challenge yet. The biggest challenge is my voice. Okay. And I think um, I'm really going to have trouble with that. Um, it's not. It's not a really, as I said before, it's not a really deep masculine voice, mm-hmm. but I think it's, um, it gives things away eventually, even if people don't have, see me. Have, like, have you, uh, I know Rebecca actually, I thought she said that she has like a coach to, mm. to or maybe it's another person that, that yeah. I'm not sure it's Rebecca or somebody else that I remember that they, they've actually had consulted vocal coach maybe it's one of the documentaries I've watched you can, you, you can get that I know who does it here but there's such a long waiting list and I'm not um, I'm not Australian either so it, it's it's as a oh. foreigner getting that sort of thing it's slightly more difficult I see. Um, and I might not be here soon as well I might be gone in, back to New Zealand so mm-hmm. I, th- I think I might deal with it there instead uh-huh. but mm. yeah, yeah. And I, I don't I don't know what the proper way of doing things but it, it's probably worth ex- ex- well, we'll talk offline. Mm. <laughs> vocal coach, mm. I am a vocal coach. Yes, anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there, there, there is, you know, it, it eventually will, uh, like for Rebecca, you know, that's that's her, that's her, her, her voice now, but she, mm-hmm. she can always switch. She can still switch to mm-hmm. to her to her uh, male voice. Uh, but she she's very comfortable comfortable with it. But it does take practice, you know, because you yes, you're yeah. weaker in that register, and, and mm-hmm. it does take a little bit of a build up. Time. Uh, yeah. So voice probably you think would be yes, the I think challenge. that will be the biggest Ooh, challenge. It is my <laughs> it is my mom calling, <laughs> oh. but uh, but one one other thing. So may, mm-hmm. maybe maybe you know in a year a year. T- mm-hmm. Or so, maybe we, we can revisit. Maybe we'll hear a different voice. Yes, yeah, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> and, and and let's go to the next, the the biggest milestone right now. Your uh-huh. your uh, your your 
your surgery. Where do you mm-hmm. plan on doing the surgery, or do you even have information? In yet? in Thailand. Yeah. In Thailand, okay, that's where yes, Rebecca yeah. did hers. Yes, it's easier. Most people here go there rather than to the U.S. Uh-huh. Um, I think in Britain mostly they go 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 there as well. Mm-hmm. The New Zealand government actually would have would pay for sur- three surgeries a year. They they oh. will pay for it, but the problem is there's no one in New Zealand who does it. So the oh. government's got money set aside for it, and then they won't. Um, oh. uh, and do they, would they pay if you if you have it done? Outside of the country? Not in pay. Thailand. No, unfortunately oh, okay, okay. not. So <laughs> it's a pity people don't know how to do it. Is it uh, so, so, yeah, is it going to be something that you have to save up to? I mean, I'm sure it costs a lot of money. It does. I've actually been saving for it for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that what will happen after I graduate, which should be I finish uh, my thesis is due in, in 20 days, uh, oh, 21 days' time, mm-hmm. um, once that's done, that I hope I can get a a good a normal paying job yeah. and uh, and then I, I won't more. lose lose any more money and then I can um, then that's that money there for for that but I have the money saved already it's just um, a question of time yeah. I'm yeah that's good I don't want to rush in and get things done done straight away I I feel what happens for me is I get to a certain stage and it and then I. Like like with the hormones, I, I feel so good about it. Then at one point, it'll start feeling bad. I'll start concentrating on other things and thinking, "Oh, I need to get rid of that now." Finally, <laughs> um, so I know it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I try not to think about it too much at the moment. So you, um, you're taking care of one step at a time. But once you're there, time, yeah. at that mm. that step, you then you want to go to the next step. So you mm. want to get. I know I want to go to the next step yeah. because it. It's just going to start frustrating me, mm-hmm. I, but I try not to think about it too much. Okay. Well, I hope I hope you will um, keep me connected oh, and keep me posted on your process. And, and I, 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 I care, I care, <laughs> I care as uh, uh, a, a curious podcaster. I care as uh, a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 even though we've never met, but I, I definitely yeah. feel like you're my friend now because of uh, Penang mm-hmm. Hokkien. And and mm. so uh, definitely let me know, and I think uh, my listeners would would definitely be anxious to to hear about the progress of your story and and how your life is going to be when you yep. get to that big milestone. Yes, and I'd the, love to tell you. <laughs> all the best, and if you change your mind, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I will. <laughs> but most Thanks of but you're you're thirty some years old, so you you pretty yeah. much said you're not like you know teenager now, and then twenty some years. Oh, I don't no, want to talk to John I anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, I'm I'm looking forward to the next time already. Good, good. And keep me posted, you know, if you have good pictures taken, let me know. Share that with no, me. I shall I'll 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 send a few to you now actually. Yeah. Good. Well thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah. No, I have thank to you. I have to I have to say yeah. I'm still I'm still in the process, you know, it the word the name Michael Sometimes would pop up in my head, but just say amo, amapo, amokau. Thank you so much for for sharing your story, and I really appreciate your your time and and share most of, most of all your your personal stories that you're willing to share with uh, uh, my listeners. 
It's been really enjoyable, and thank you for letting me on the show. Thank you very Um, much. And uh, I will wrap up the show. And I I hope if you, listeners, if you want to comment on the show, come to onlinepodcast.com. Leave a comment there. You can also call me, uh, 920-iPhone1, 920-iPhone1. Uh, I did order my iPhone, so by now you probably should. I should be using my iPhone now. Thank you very much. And sorry that Steve Jobs died. Um, mm. And uh, uh, also write me email online at gmail.com, or you can actually find me on Twitter as well, twitter.com slash John Ong. Thank you, Kathy. We'll Th- talk, thank we'll you. talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. And don't forget to smile, bitches.